Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. We love you, Jesus. We lift our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from this morning. And when we look, we see your face. We see your eyes. Looking on us with love, looking on us with affection. If you're in this room today, or if you're watching online and you've you're at the end of your rope in some area of your life, the Lord's looking on you right now with love in his eyes, affection for you. Just look in his face. The name Yeshua is the Hebrew pronunciation for Jesus. And it literally means the rescuer, the one who saves. When the angel came and told Mary you're going to conceive and bear a son and you will call his name Rescuer. The one who saves. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our rescue. We thank you that you are the one who saves. Not only from our sins, Lord, but from impossibilities in our life, from struggles in our life. Lord, you're the one who walks with us through that, through our deserts and our valleys. And Lord, we love you so much for that. And we look to you as our rescuer today. We look to you as our savior today. Can we just say that name, Jesus? Lord, we speak the name of Jesus over this place this morning, over our lives, over our minds and our hearts, over our families, over this house, over this city. Lord, would you come and be rescuer today? Would you come and be one who saves today? You're the savior of the world. Savior of the world, we welcome you to come and do whatever you want to do in our hearts today. Is that your prayer today? Just say, yes, Lord, come on. I need you, I need you to do what you want more than I need you to do what I want you to do. So we, come, we just ask you to come do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Yeshua, come. Yeshua, move. Rescue, save. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen. 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 Let's give him one more shout this morning. We love you, Jesus. Good stuff. Thank you, team. You guys can be seated. Uh, We are, man, what is this, week three in a series called Deserts and Valleys. Before we jump into the message, I do have a couple of announcements today. Uh, Next Sunday will be Christmas Eve. Some of y'all just had a panic attack because you're not quite finished (laughs) shopping. You got a week. You got a week. Um, So we're having Christmas Eve service in the morning. There's been some confusions about that. Just Christmas Eve doesn't mean just night. It's morning too, right? All right. So that will be the last service of the year. We will not have church on December 31st, the last Sunday of the year, okay? So don't show up and have 
solo church that day. And then um, no youth today as well. We've moved our youth schedule from Wednesday nights to Sundays, first and third Sundays after service with a lunch. That will not be today. They just had a rocking Christmas party Friday night. It was awesome. And uh, somebody rejoiced over a white elephant gift that was a poop scooper of all things. And that was one of the adults. <laughs> Deserts and valleys, navigating difficult seasons. We've... Um, We've been talking about uh, a few different things. First week was, what do you do when you feel forgotten? How do you navigate abandonment and loneliness in your life? You ever been lonely before? Uh, we are not skirting around the truth this Christmas. That's what the purpose of this series is about. We talked about grief last week. How do you navigate excruciating disappointment that just breaks your heart and then, you know, Christmas and the holiday season just seems to like bring all that stuff back up, but we're not shoving it down and ignoring it. We're not minimizing it. We're actually facing it because God is with us in our deserts and valleys, right? Because it's not a holly jolly Christmas for all of us, is it? Y'all quiet this morning. I feel like I'm the only one. Am I, am I, am I speaking some truth today? So let's not be afraid to go there today. So today, uh, just a heads up, we're talking about what do you do when you want to quit? How do you navigate burnout with the Lord? The dirty word, the B word, the burnout word. And so we're talking about that today. Christmas is, is about celebrating the incarnation. It's about Jesus coming to dwell with us. He's Emmanuel. He, he's not scared of our issues. He's not scared of our problems. He's not intimidated by um, our pain or our grief or our suffering or any of that. He's actually came to demonstrate what love actually looks like. Hey, I'm going to walk with you through that. I'm here with you in it. So if you're hurting today, God's with you. Whether you, whether you know he is or not, he's with you. And so um, Isaiah 9, 2, we, this is our kind of anchor verse. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Hope shines brightest in the darkness. And so if you're in a dark place this Christmas, it's actually probably a really good opportunity to get to know Jesus even more on a deeper level than you've ever known him before because it's in our pain, it's in our suffering where we get to experience him for who he is as that rescuer, as that saving one that we talked about, as the, a comforter. As a prince of peace, our companion. And so, what do you do when you want to throw in the towel? You want to call it. Like, I, you know what? I, I've had enough. I, I quit. I, I cannot put one more ounce of energy into this job. I cannot put one more ounce of energy into this marriage. I cannot put one more ounce of energy into fill in the blank. Whatever it is that has got you to the end of your rope today, and you're thinking, ah, man, we're looking at 2024, and I don't know that I can do another year of that. And I want to quit. And to be honest, I'm burnt out. And maybe you feel that way today. I, um, up until, can I be vulnerable? Vul I can't say that word. Honest with you guys this morning. Some of y'all can't handle it when the pastor gets honest, but I'm going to be a little honest today. Up until 2021, I had a folder on my desktop, on, my, on this computer right here, 
and it said, uh, I can't remember what I named it, but it was full of backup plans. When, and I always had that plan B of like, okay, God, I know you called me to preach. You called me to pastor. You called me to preach. I'll be, a, be in ministry in the church. But if I'm honest, every Monday, <laughs> it at least entered my mind. Is this what I need to be doing? Uh, God, did you really call me to this? Now, we're talking years in at this point. And you think, well, Gunnar, well, you, you just need to get with it. I'm just telling you, there's a battle around what God's called you to. And it doesn't have to be a, a ministry in the church position. We're all called a ministry, by the way. And if God's put you in a sphere of influence at your job or at your school or whatever the case may be, there is always going to be warfare around your calling and your assignment. And so every thought you have might not be your own. Every thought you have might not be your own. I'm not doing a good job. That might be another voice in your mind that's convincing you you're not doing a good job. I'm a horrible mother. I'm a horrible father. I shouldn't be doing this. This marriage is over. It sounds, the enemy has all sorts of ways that he messes with us. And I'm just saying me personally, for up until 2021, there was this, there was this conversation in my head that I had with myself, really talking to the devil <laughs> and agreeing with him sometimes, mostly on Mondays. And there are times when, when, when uh, in our life, what God's called us to, that we will have those doubts. So what do we do when we want to quit? That's what we're talking about today. I can tell you this, I stood in a, um, a convention center in August of 2021, and, and the person just gave a prophetic word. They said, you know, there's some of you in the room that God's calling you to a, a, a lifetime assignment to your city. And he's asking you to say yes. And I knew that word was for me. And I said yes to that assignment. And you know what I did when I got home? I deleted that folder on my desktop. Because what I realized is, yes, have backup plans. Yes, think if this falls through, what does God have for me next? Yeah, don't, don't, don't hear me wrong. But I was contributing to my own double-mindedness by even considering anything other than God's will for my life and his best. Now, will my role and my assignment look different in five years? Probably so. Three years, 10 years, I don't know. But all I know is I've said yes to God and I can't quit even when I want to. So how about you? Have you ever wanted to quit? You wanted to throw in the towel? Well, what do you do when you want to quit? Well, I want to start out just right out of the gate this morning, and I'm going to kind of surprise you with what I'm about to say. What do you do when you want to quit? Well, you might need to. It might be time to quit. How many mamas said, Mama didn't raise no quitter? Mama didn't raise no quitter. Do you know that that is not necessarily, necessarily applicable to every decision you make in your life? Because sometimes it's time to quit. 
Sometimes when the Lord tells you to leave, when the Lord tells you to move on, when the Lord tells you it's time for transition, how many know Abraham was living his life and God said, get up and go. In other words, quit and start. To every new thing, there's always the death of an old thing. To every beginning, there's always an ending. There's always, if you start something new, you're going to have to stop doing something, right? We're not just, our energy isn't, uh, just doesn't go on forever. Our time is, is limited, right? We're human beings. I had to quit something for us to move to Savannah and plant the dwelling church. There is a season for quitting. I think the issue is many of us quit far too soon and we quit for the wrong reasons. If we're doing life with the Lord and if we're, we're, we're wanting to obey and we're wanting to live a life of obedience and follow Jesus every footstep, it, there's a holy fear in that. And I hope you have that. I hope you feel that of like, this isn't just my life to do whatever I want to do with it. Because it is, if it is, if it is just up to me, if I've not come under some authority greater than my own intellect and my own feelings, I mean, God forbid we live on our feelings, then yeah, the first hard thing that comes along, I'm going to walk out on my spouse or my kids or my church or my job or whatever the case may be. If God's called me to it, I can guarantee there will be opposition against it. And if I'm living on my feelings, if I'm living on my perceptions rather than obedience to Jesus, I will walk out too soon. So there's a foundational thing that um, this, this series has been like, it's going to be okay. God's with you and your thing. And I feel like the Lord says, no, there needs to be a tender rebuke this morning because I feel like there are people in the room and watching online that you are that close to quitting what God's called you to. You're that close to walking out on the goodness of God and what he's called you to. And yes, he gives us options. He gives us choices and all that. I think in that kind of language, if we're not careful, we can disregard the kingship of Jesus that we've been talking about. Listen, there's a king that's called you to a life with him. And if you said yes to that life, there are choices within that life, like on a cruise ship. You can choose to go to the midnight buffet. You can play the little game. You can go to the pool, whatever. But you're headed in a direction with Jesus, no matter the choices you make. But I'm telling you, if you're, if you're surrendered your life to Jesus, his say is, is the highest say. It's not how I feel. It's not what I want. It's what he wants. And the cool thing about that is the longer you walk with him, you delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart because your desires of your heart are the desires of his heart. When you become so entwined and so united with Christ, you're not this, you're this. And it changes everything. So quitting might be appropriate if you're following the leadership of the Lord in your life. But quitting because things get hard, that's a, entirely different thing. There's this cultural phenomenon right now called burnout. 
And it's always been here. You see Elijah under the, he's, he's escaped to the cave. You see Jonah under the tree. You see, you know, it's in the Bible. There's, you know, been called the dark night of the soul. It's been called depression. It's been called burnout. I just can't take it anymore. I can't do this anymore. Have you ever, be honest, have you ever said the words, I'm burned out? <laughs> it's like become part of our language, right? I've said it. I read about 10 articles on burnout in the last two or three weeks just to kind of get a, a good idea of like, okay, what's, how, do, how, do we, how do we think about this? Because I think maybe the culture and the way that our culture is thinking around us isn't always the appropriate way to think about it. And so I read articles and, and there was a general consensus just all across the board Things like this, burnout is a workplace problem. So they're speaking to like bosses and leaders like, don't burn your people out, you know. Uh, others would say it's a culture problem. It's our fast-paced environment in the United States and the Western culture of just like, get it done, money, power, position. You're going to burn yourself out because that's the culture we live in. That, that's what they were saying. It's a workload problem. They, you know, we don't get a siesta like some countries do. How, who wants to vote for that? I, listen, if, if, if you're running for president and you say, I'm going to initiate a siesta in the United States, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. 24-7 news. You know, it wasn't that long ago where you just sat down at 6 o'clock at night and you found out what's going around in the world. Nobody was hollering at anybody. Some of y'all remember that. Nobody was hollering. Nobody was, uh, there wasn't mudslinging. There wasn't clickbait. There used to not be that stuff. It's just like, here's the news. Now I know. On with my life. But now we get notifications. Ding, ding, ding. There was a bombing in Turkmenistan. Like, I'm thankful that we can pray for that stuff, but the human soul was not meant to bear the weight of everything that we hear every day. No wonder we're burnt out. And I think that is a cause of it. I think that we're, we're not meant to live like this all the time. We're not meant to take in so much information, not really having real connection. And so it's probably all those things, right? If you think about outside sources... I think those are all pretty good reasons that our culture gets burned out sometimes. But if I could do this this morning, I would like for us to maybe just pause on the outward and let's look inward. Because if you came to me and you said, Gunnar, I'm burnt out, I'd say, Why? And you would say, well, at work, my boss is having me do this. It, you know, uh, my kids are doing this. The school asked for this. And you would go off on a list of everything external probably, right? And those things are valid. And especially at Christmas, we get really busy. And the demand is really high on us. So I'm not minimizing that. But I want us to turn inward and say, why do I want to quit? 
Because it, it doesn't have to, it doesn't depend on outward circumstances. I'm not a victim of what's going on around me. I get to make choices. And you do too. And so if I'm burning out and wanting to quit, then what's happening in here? Not out here, in here. So I want to kind of just redirect us this morning on the inside. What do you do when you want to quit? And I would say this. If God has told you it's time to quit, quit. And move on to that thing that he's called you to. If God has not told you to quit, don't you quit until you've at least tried these three things I'm going to tell you about this morning, okay? All right, number one. Repeat after me. Rest. You knew I was going to say that, didn't you? And some of you already shut me off because I can't do that. Be still and know that I'm God. Psalm 4610. I think it was Brendan Manning that said, you know, if you've got a pail of water and you're walking around with it and you look down in it, you can't see your reflection. But if you sit it down and you give it time for that water to become still, then you can look down and you can see yourself in the, in the water. And that's a really, I love that illustration because I think sometimes, I know I've done this personally, maybe you as well, is we don't really want to see ourselves. And that's why we don't get still, right? Because when you get still, when you get, when you get silent, you're alone with your own thoughts. And you're alone with your past that you hadn't dealt with. And you're alone with broken relationships you haven't mended. And all of this stuff starts weighing down. And no wonder we don't want to get quiet. No wonder if we lose this for an hour, we feel like we're falling apart because we don't have our, our passy anymore. I think that's what it's become. I mean, listen, this is, this is me. I, this is your pastor talking to you. Like, if I've had a hard day, I want some ice cream or I just want to scroll YouTube or something. There's nothing wrong with good gifts. But what are we depending on? And are we willing, are we willing to, to, to really just get disciplined enough to be still and to rest? And I, I'm not necessarily talking about kicking up your feet on the recliner and eating Cheetos. I'm, rest looks like that for some of you guys, but some of you, it looks like a run. It, the point is this, the swirl in our minds, giving it a space, whatever that space looks like, to slow and become still. When's the last time you felt that? When's the last time you weren't in the swirl? It's possible, mom. It's possible. So get away, get still. I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen, but you have choices. You're not a victim to your circumstances. You actually can make choices. Make choices to be still. Make choices to find rest. Sabbath, Sabbath, silence, and solitude are the lost spiritual practices. Dallas Willard calls silence and solitude the most radical disciplines of the Christian life. Do you know why they're radical? What does that word mean? That means it's so different, it's odd. It's like too far. In our culture... Silence and solitude is just taking Christianity too far. 
What do you mean rest? You're supposed to be working for the Lord. Right? It's radical. It's going to look different, and it's going to go countercultural. Exodus 31, 15, when, when Moses brings down the law from the mountain, and one of those, hey, for six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. One day where you say, you know what, it's not up to me. One day that it's not up to my effort to keep the world spinning. One day that my soul can be replenished, that I can get fed rather than just poor, poor, poor. I can actually soak in the presence of the Lord, the word, do something that's giving life to me. It doesn't have to look like, hmm. you know, some of us have that idea. It's like, I can't do that for two hours. No, like, much less a day. No, just stop the hustle. Like, just stop the hustle. And let the water get still. The Sabbath is no longer a law to keep. In fact, all the commands in Scripture were for our good. It's not like God says, you know what, these folks have too much fun over here. Let me give them 10 rules and to live by that'll make them simmer down. You know, no. He's like, these are really good for you. Jesus said the, the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. And so look at it as a life rhythm to protect for your own good. It's a gift. It's a gift. And then you, you know, talk about solitude. Um, this is not the only example of Jesus' schedule. You ever wonder what Jesus' schedule looked like? Like if he had a day planner, what was in that? In every single day, there was one thing that happened. He got off by himself. Now, Jesus was God and man. And if he needed that, you better believe I need it. If he had hundreds and thousands of people rushing him, wanting healing and wanting to just touch his robe and all this stuff like, hey, Jesus, can you come to my house? Can you do this for me? Like all day. But he started his day in Mark, um, Mark 135. It says very early in the morning while it was still dark. In other words, when everybody wasn't up yet, <laughs> he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed there's a story of um, Susanna Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley, famous in the, uh, they started the movement of Methodism, Wesley, Wesleyan uh, theology. Revival family, like a move of God came from that family. And Susanna Wesley is, is credited with really just raising those boys and giving them Jesus every day. And there's a, there are stories where they knew if mama had her apron over her head, don't bother her. She's with Jesus. It may be the bathroom. Stay at home, mamas. You know? Whatever you have to do, seek solitude. Whatever you have to do. Henry Nouwen said, without solitude, it is almost impossible to live a spiritual life. 
I love how Ray, Ray Hughes defines solitude. He said, it's finding a silence deep enough that you can have a thought that doesn't war with the last one you had. So rest. Don't make it hard. Just rest. Just do it. Number two, reflect. Reflect. So I'm going to rest. And then the second thing, before you quit, work in a rhythm of rest into your life. Before you quit, let's reflect on some things, okay? Reflect, why do I feel this way? Not all the out external uh, reasons, but why do I feel this way? Why do I want to quit? Why am I burnout? What is the internal source of my burnout? Maybe, here's some just options. It may be that my life when I was a kid wasn't financially stable and I felt like I was always worried about money. I felt like mom and dad were always worried about money. I can't deal with the fact that I, that I have to rest. I have to always be making money or I am insecure. Like I have a, I have a security and a trust issue. It's not about my job doesn't pay enough. It's about my insecurity in my heart. Do you see what I'm saying? Just get, trying to give an example. It may be that I have things that I, like, I can't be alone in my thoughts because I've not, been, I've not found healing. It may be even just going and making an appointment with a counselor is what you need to do. Like whatever you need to do, just take those steps to get healthy. Take those steps. Why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I in this swirl? What's happening in here? What's, what's not healed here what's not what am I how am I thinking incorrectly that's got me to the place that I'm at and then reflecting don't reflect by yourself sometimes we need to reflect off of somebody that we trust and that we know we've seen them walk with wisdom with the Lord and we actually say hey this is how I'm feeling and here's what I'm considering I just want you to hear that and give me some feedback when's the last time you did that I heard that happening this morning I heard, somebody, I heard somebody having a conversation about parenting with somebody who's been down the road a little further. And I was like, that's what it's about right there. Just bouncing off of, hey, I feel like I want to quit. Help me know that I'm thinking, if I'm not thinking right about my situation right here. And bringing wisdom in through other people. The body of Christ is a gift. Bring trusted voices in on it. Receive counsel. And then reflect, count the cost. Jesus said in Luke 14, he was talking about being a disciple and following him. He's like, look, you got to count the cost. If you're going to build a building, would you not sit down and budget it out and see how much money you had if you could complete it, you know? You don't want to get halfway up like they did with the Washington Monument and then be like, oh, we ran out of money. You know, it sat there. You know the Washington Monument in, in D.C.? Half of it stayed there for like 100 years or something like it. It was crazy. And they just finally completed it. But Jesus said, you don't start something until you have counted the cost. And I, I think we need to sit down. If we want to quit, we sit down with the Lord and we count the cost. What's it going to cost me to quit? What's it going to cost my family if I walk out on what you've called me to? What's it going to cost the people you called me to if I walk out on them? But then the other side of the coin is, what's it going to cost if I stay? 
And there may be some demands on your life sticking with what God's called you to do that are uncomfortable at times and even sometimes so draining and devastating that you're like, I don't know if I can do this. This is why you ask, am I supposed to quit? Am I supposed, you know? And so there, there is real ramifications to decisions that we make. So what is the cost? I'm reflecting on the cost. I'm, 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 I'm working rhythms of rest into my life. I'm reflecting on what is happening inside of me. I'm reflecting with other people in community with me. I'm counting the cost. What are the pros and cons? What have I learned from godly people in my life? And then the third thing is respond. So rest, reflect, and respond. Get in plan of action and do it. Look at your neighbor and say, just do it. Was that Nike or Reebok? What is that? Nike. Have it your BK, have it your way. I don't know. I get them all mixed up. Get a plan and act on it. Make necessary changes to move forward in the right direction. Just keep moving. Sometimes when we want to quit, we just need to keep moving. Don't wait till you feel it. Just do what's right. Do what you know you've promised. And just keep doing it, no matter how you feel. Until God gives you the release to quit. So I would just leave you with this. And this is, that's my message pretty much. Okay. But I'll leave you with this. As lovingly as I can say this, if it's time to quit, quit. If it's not time to quit, stop talking about quitting all the time. Stop doing that. There is this, there is this what is it? I don't know the psychological term for it, but it literally causes brain damage when we say one thing and we do another thing. Like if we live in that constant state of, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this and blah, 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 then it literally does mental damage to us when we're not doing what we're thinking. And so stop pining on this thing. Like if my, if man, if my job situation was different, if I had this opportunity do you realize you could just go on and on? If my marriage was this, if my husband would just this, if my wife would just this, if my kids weren't this, you will find an excuse. No matter where you look, you're going to find it. And so, look, if God's told you to quit, quit and move on to what he's told you to do. If he's not told you to quit and you've found rest rhythms in your life and you've reflected on it, then respond. Just keep moving. Put a plan in place. If it's not time to quit, just keep going. Galatians 6, 9. In the NIV, it says this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you don't quit, there's something so amazing coming into your life that you can't fathom it. Do you know when Lord, the Lord makes uh, reference to harvest? There's, a, there's this language like tenfold. There's this language of like, you planted this, but you're going to get this. What some of you need to hear this morning is if you, if you quit now, 
you won't see the increase. You won't see the harvest, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Breakthrough is coming for you. Breakthrough is coming for your family. The faithfulness of God will be on display if you just put in just a little more time. Just a little more time. I had a screensaver on my phone not long ago, and it just said, give it time. That's a word from the Lord for somebody today. Give it time. Give it time. Put in some more work. It could be two days from now. It could be two minutes from now. It could be two months. It could be two years, but it's worth it when the harvest comes. I remember being uh, newlyweds and we planted a garden and I, I did this growing up with my dad and all that, but I planted these. I can't remember what it was, but the germination period was longer than everything else in the garden. And I planted those seeds and I watered them. I did everything I was supposed to do. And I go out there every day and I'm like, man, it's been like, it's been time, you know. That must have been bad seeds or something. Like, where did I get those? Walmart? That's probably why. Yeah. Didn't go to the co-op, you know. But I would wait. And I, you know what? I, I didn't give up. I just kept watering them. And one day I went out. I mean, the night before I laid down and went to sleep, it was dirt. And the next morning, there was a crack in the dirt. And there was a little bit of green poking out. Only like two of them. I was like, all right. <laughs> by the rest, by the end of the day, every one of them had broken through. And by the next morning, they were sticking out of the dirt. And then you give it a few more weeks. And maybe a month or two, and then eventually you have fruit. You have vegetables. What if I'd have plowed that up and started over again? What if I'd have stopped watering it? I wouldn't have been able to enjoy it. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time, when the time is right, we will reap a harvest. There's a conditional statement, if. If we do not quit. I don't know about you, but when I look at my life, when I look at Bethany, my wife, when I look at Bailey and Reed and Rebecca, and when I look at you guys in your faces and I think about your families and I think about just your life and who you are and what God just exponentially wants to do through your life, each of your lives. It puts things in perspective for me and it makes me not want to quit. What about you? Look at your family, look at your kids, look at the people in your circle, look at the people that you are involved with in your work and at the church and everything, if you, if you just threw in a towel, what would be the cost? But then the other side of the coin is, what if you kept going? What if you gave it two more months, two more years, and saw the harvest? Let's all stand.
We're not really going to have a come to Jesus this morning or anything like that. If you don't know him, come to him. That's our invitation. Just give him your life. Let me just close our eyes just for a moment. And there's probably a couple of areas over the course of this message that the Lord maybe shined a light on in your life, in your mind, in your heart. I just want you to go maybe rehearse that, what we just heard with the Lord real quick. Do you want to quit? Are you at that place? What would it look like to establish rhythms of rest in your life? Have you truly reflected on how you feel? Have you, have you brought others into the conversation with you? And then maybe if you're ready this morning, you know the Lord's spoken. And you've bounced it off people. And you've, you've heard from him. You, you've found rest. You've found that stability. But you still know, hey, it's time. Then let's respond today. Lord, we ask you for grace to see ourselves and to see our lives as you see us. Lord, we ask for grace to do the right thing, to do what you've called us to do, whether that's quitting and doing the next thing or whether that's just staying in it for the long haul. Everything we need is found in you. Even when we're weak, you say your grace is sufficient for us because you're strong when we're weak. And so today, Lord, we surrender to you just in a new way, in a fresh way. And Lord, we respond to your Holy Spirit and to your word this morning. So what does it look like for you? Whatever that is, just respond. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for your presence. Thank you for this church family and the privilege to walk with you together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great week. See you next week for Christmas Eve. Invite somebody. It's going to be good Christmas Eve service. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.